We are live for the second night in a row at Social at Midtown in Gainesville on Gators. Talking Florida Gators versus the Utah Utes. Talking some player expectations for the season. And it's a bit loud. It's a bit live here. And we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter one. It's a bonus episode. But here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators. Your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gamers, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, thanks for joining Lockdown Gators. Your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free every single podcast. As you can see, social at Midtown is a very good place to be the day before a game. Happy Saturday morning now at this point. I'm Brandon Wilson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my work with online sports. This is the second bonus episode of the day. There's two releasing today, very close to each other. Another one is gambling with Tyler Fornis. We're getting into today's content. Like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is. But now we're talking about mailbag day. And we're starting with the first question. This is my boy, Manny Madrigal. Said Anthony Richardson, what are the expectations for him this season? He's very unproven. He has high expectations, media, national media wise. What should be the expectation? This Saturday, today, is his first true start after an offseason as a starter. It's finally the time where he's got to work with this with the ones, with the group of the ones the entire offseason. It's been him. So this is something where you know expectations are very high for him, but I think they should be tempered. Realistically, the expectation for him should be success. When you have a player with that level of talent that Anthony Richardson has, something I've said repeatedly, Anthony Richardson is one of the most physically gifted human beings on the face of the planet right now. He's just that guy. He's got the size that you don't see at a quarterback position. He's got the athleticism that you don't see at the quarterback position. He's got arm strength that you don't see at the quarterback position. He is a unicorn in the truest sense in Anthony Richardson. So I think that's something where the expectations should be high. But you also have to realize this is his first year as a starter. We talk about being unproven, being this, being that. Not having that experience full-time as a starter is definitely something that, you know, will probably slow him down a little bit. That, that's just is what it is. He's incredibly talented, he's incredibly smart, and incredibly fast. It's a matter of can you put them all together at once. That's where the expectation needs to kind of be drawn down a little bit. I won't say Anthony Richardson, Heisman winner this season. I won't say Anthony Richardson. Heisman contender this season. What I will say is expect a home run hitter. Expect weekly in the SC top 10, whether it's a big play that he's creating or a big play the other team is creating. He's a home run hitter. He's a gunslinger, whatever you want to call it. He's running the ball or throwing the ball. Anthony Richardson is a big play machine in the truest sense of the word, and that should be the expectation when you look at him when you watch him play. You're looking at an incredible athlete and an incredible quarterback. It's just a matter of can you do it all together. And Utah's about as good a test as he's going to get this season. I'm not worried about Kentucky's test. I'm looking after Utah. The most difficult test is probably the Georgia game, then Texas A&M. 
rough stretch this season, but it's a matter of can he put it together? And Anthony Richardson is living up to the hype. He is as talented as people expect. He should be able to answer those questions. Next question was, what's the most important thing for Florida to do in order to win this game against Utah? I think it's pretty easy to say the most important thing to do. Win the turnover battle. This is a Utah team where they're not going to turn the ball over often. It's just whether it's running the ball or throwing the ball. Cam Rising is not a fumbler. He is not an interception thrower. He takes care of the football. Damian Thomas and other running backs for Utah did have fumble issues. Cleaned it up after a while. But this is the thing where Utah's not going to turn the ball over often. Florida, they've shown a tendency to turn the ball over, specifically looking at Anthony Richardson and his turnover-worthy plays and plays that actually resulted in turnovers. But again, you're looking at a team where he was last season playing on a forward offensive line, which we will hope is a good this year. Playing against Georgia was one of the biggest games that the only star guys in the world. That was arguably the most dominant defense that I've ever seen in college football. So I think for Florida, you got to go. You need to win the turnover battle. I'm not saying you can't turn it over. I'm not saying that you need to force a ton of turnovers. I'm saying that you have to win. If it's one interception from Utah and no turnovers for Florida, that's a fantastic thing there. I think Florida really wins the game. If you have the more, if you have more possessions, more time in possession, win those battles, the important battles there, and take care of the football and win that turnover battle, I think it's easily the biggest thing for Florida to do. Aside from that, it's kind of the run game. It's, it's can Florida stop the run and can Florida run the ball and take advantage there. This is a team I want to saw. This is a coaching staff that has acknowledged that at Louisiana, they won games they should not have won by dominating time of possession. And that is exactly what I expect Florida to do tonight because Florida should not win this game. We can talk about all we want about projection. The athletes of Florida, the high expectations of the coaching staff, everything. How good this coaching staff is, sure. But this is a Utah team that is proven and very talented. There's a reason Utah's favor in this game, and that is why Florida, you got to take care of the ball. you got to win in the run game, specifically defensively. You need to win that. Florida's got the, I mean, the task is there. It's a matter of can you handle it. We're about to answer some other questions from listeners. The first, a quick word at NHTSA. Are you one of those people that think it's okay to drive stone? Well, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, you end up driving a bow. Or the speed limit, that only is an issue in, in France when Ross gets pulled over. It's still a big deal to drive stone, right? That's wrong, and you're stupid if you think that. The truth is that your reaction time slows way down when you're high. You put not only yourself in danger, but everyone around you. You want to talk about muscular? That's you. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, you get a DUI. Thanks again for making a lot of It's your first listen of the day, every day. We are available daily and free wherever you use the podcast. We're answering some other questions here for this little mailbag episode of Lockdown Gators. Bonus content. I'm going to use my voice, but I'll tell you what. Worth it every step of the way. Met some very nice Utah fans. I'm going to feel very bad for the Florida beats Utah and sends them home unhappy and very sad. But hey, that's SEC football. I got a question. Was, who are the biggest dark horse contributors on this Florida game? See, actually, sorry, the full question was quote unquote dark horse contributors. Uh, I'm taking that as Florida, they mean. And I'm going to say, 
Offensively, I think the guy that I'm missing here is Marcus Burke, the wide receiver. I mean, I'm someone who's been very high on him from the start. He's third on the depth chart of wide receivers. The field stretching ability that Marcus Burke offers and proved last year in his very limited playing time, I think is a massive plus for him when you have a quarterback like Anthony Richardson who wants to throw the ball deep. If you have a quarterback that likes throwing the ball deep and you have a receiver that can stretch the field vertically and make those big plays, there's clear chemistry there. It's easy, obvious chemistry there. So you got Marcus Burke as a big play throw. That's fantastic. Also, Marcus Burke's ability to play on the outside or in the slot is another big question. Because having a field stretcher vertically on the seams is a massive Plus there, just pointed to it. To Nick, he is a Utah fan. He's very nice, but he is going to have his day room tomorrow. Today, actually. Sorry. I'm so recording Friday night. You know that. So we're looking at this party in this evening. Offensively, I think Marcus Burks is a sleeper. Defensively, I think we're looking at Shamar James. It's hard for me to pick a defensive sleeper because we know that this defense is going to rotate a lot. And I feel like a lot of players listed on the depth chart are like, yeah, they should be there. Shamar James, I think, has to be the sleeper. Primarily because... I think by mid-season, he takes Amari Bernie's job. That's not a knock on Amari Bernie. I've openly said I'm not a big fan of Amari Bernie. That's not a knock on Amari Bernie. That is me saying Shamal James is so good. Actually, given, given the noise in the background and several words that he said, Shamar James is so damn good. I don't think you can overlook his talent and his ability to be an early contributor on this defense and take a starting spot by even the midway point. I think he's so talented that he's got to take that spot at some point. Another player that or another question that we got was about Arliss Mordingham. Basically, will Arliss Mordingham, of course, the true freshman tight will he be a redshirt player? Will he find this isn't playing time? Here's the thing. It's obviously too early to say if he will be a redshirt player because there's injuries and happens. This isn't like the old days where it's like you can say we're redshirting this player before the season because sometimes you're forced to play him. Luckily here, now, you can play four games as a player. I know that's a name term. You play four games as a player. And if you play that fifth game, you burn redshirt. You're eligible. If you play four or less games, You've got retro eligibility. Hey, I, I feel free to look all you want. Yeah, that's me. I feel free to look all you want. When you're looking at Arliss Mordingham, you're looking at someone who could play more than four games. I think he should play more than four games. He's incredibly talented as a freshman, that tight end receiver hybrid that can kind of move around the field and get involved early. We know that in spring camp and in fall ball, he made some plays and a lot of people were excited about him. But we'll see what actually happens. I think that he should work his way into the rotation again. At least rotationally, I think we look at all this Boringham play. We'll probably see him play tonight against Utah. There's a Utah fan there. How you doing? Hope you're having a great night. There's a Utah fan here. I think we will see Arliss Boringham play. I think the reason he was excluded from the depth chart is just his ability as a receiver and tight end with how the depth chart was set up. Only two tight ends were listed for the Florida Gators. So this isn't something we're really saw the depth there. And I said this on yesterday's show. I think the depth will be determined by who gets injured, who gets tired, and who steps in to fill that hole. I think that's the more important part here when looking at all this Florida game. But I think without a doubt, you watch him play, and back down now, and I'm ready to fight somebody. And I think when you look at Arliss Boardingham's skill set and his talent and everything that he's shown you throughout this offseason and throughout this camp, the cheerleaders use because they're playing Utah highlights because they're not going to see many tomorrow. It's as simple as that. Or tonight, whatever. 
and they're yelling now, and that that is Florida versus Utah, and that's the field in Gainesville. It's fantastic here. Uh, quite a few Utah fans. Love, love the beard there. But um, you're looking at all this morning, and I think he's going to contribute early. He's someone that I would fully expect to rotate early on. Whether or not he really will, we'll see. But he's done nothing but shine. Thanks for being locked on, Gators. Your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free. We'll be back Monday, not tomorrow, because tomorrow I'll be traveling. We'll be back Monday to have more of your Florida Gators recap. Florida Gators versus Utah Utes. Make your second listen, Locked On Utes. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. Go Gators for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Follow me on Locked On Gators. Follow me with Whole Nine Sports at GiantsCountryVSI.com. And go Gators.